again, John Mary Wilson. I'm back with my co-host, Zach Wright, and this is Game Time. Today, the name of the episode is Crown the Queens. We just came off of a wonderful WNBA season, and the Chicago Sky dominated their way to an NBA title, defeating the Phoenix Mercury in four games. We're going to break that down. We're going to talk a little bit about the successes of the 25th WNBA season. And we're going to also talk about some things going into the next WNBA season. So, Zach, uh, let's, let's start with how this series unfolded. Just, just how, did, how did it go? That's good, Jameer. This series unfolded in a way that we both, we both expected Chicago to win. We both had them in five, so it went a little faster than we expected. And the games were also not as close as I thought they'd be. I mean, in the one close, in the close games, it did seem like Mercury had advantage, but um, like game two was close and Mercury did win. Like we both were talking about how if the game's close, it, it feels like it would feel like the Mercury were the team that's going to win. And in game four was also close. And it did feel like Mercury going to win, but suddenly they forgot how to make wide open layups, which contributed to an, an amazing sky comeback. It's not taking away from the sky. What they did was amazing. The defensive pressure, like for them to force the Mercury to miss layups, because the defense and the pressure was definitely on, definitely full, you know, all guns, um, all guns blazing, just attacking them, keeping them off balance, fucking their rhythm right up, which caused them to miss those crucial shots at the end. But, yeah, the series went faster than we expected. It was definitely fun, though. You know, once the, once the blog at a certain point, you kind of just feel the need to change the channel because they start playing, uh, you know, old and no names. But regardless of that, I did enjoy the series. But one thing I do want to mention that we both had talked about, was, which was a key, a key point of interest for both of us, was the, um, the, sky, the Sky's offensive system being, quote, unquote, more modern. And having that five out that five out function, we we're talking about how we feel like that could definitely, you know, present some problems for Phoenix. In particular, having Brittany Griner not be as effective on defense, and that proved to be very true and very useful. Even the games in the sky weren't necessarily knocking down their shots. Just the fact that they had the players out there who needs to be respected, it like forced the you know the Phoenix Mercury to uh, change their defensive you know their defensive effort change how they change the way they play and just it definitely is a key contributor to the skies winning but yeah what were some things you wanted to mention well first shout out to the phoenix rick the uh, phoenix mercury excuse me uh they had a terrific playoff run they had a solid season despite injuries and things of that nature they pulled out some really gritty and tough games throughout the playoffs and and fought their way pretty much to the finals in kind of opposite fashion of the sky who pretty much blitzed their way to the, the, uh, the finals, you know, stomping everybody in their way basically. And then doing the same to the mercury pretty much uh, the five out system that they have definitely played a part. It opened up the floor for Kalia copper. It opened up the floor for Courtney Vandersloot and so on to just dominate the game. 
uh, the games, the series. Candace Parker was terrific in key moments, and her presence definitely was felt in like you could see why the sky talked so heavily in you know in favor of Candace Parker and her being there. Like defensively, she changed what like the course of that team and what they were able to do was special. I mean, Brittany Griner still had a great series and she was definitely a force to be reckoned with, but ultimately the guards, the guards of the sky outplayed the Mercury's guards and they just, they just shut them down. It was, it was great defensive pressure. And then offensively, they couldn't miss. So, and even when they did miss, they still played great defense. So it was it was just the culmination of everything that they've done throughout the course of the this postseason run. You know, being a 500 team coming in and starting in the first round um, against a startup Wings team, it just it just goes to show you uh, the greatness of a complete team and I like to say in sports I was telling some other people this like in sports if you <clears throat> if you don't have an absolute like uh, a Detroit Pistons defense or a Golden State offense of the of the recent years when they were winning championships or something like that or an absolute player like a Michael Jordan in the 90s you are you're best off being a well-balanced team and here to here you know in this championship run we saw the most complete team win so that's that's my that's my overall take on it i think they were the most complete team um offensively with courtney vandersloot being a point god and a wizard pretty much the whole playoffs. Kalia Copper showing off and getting buckets. Ollie Quigley doing her thing as a shooter. Uh, the rotation, the big rotation that they had with the shooters of, you know, Stephanie Dawson and Ariel Powers. Um, um, Asray Stevens. Asray Stevens. I'm sorry, not Ariel Powers. Asray Stevens. Yeah, Asray Stevens and, Steph- and Stephanie Dawson along with Candace Parker, just, you know, being the glue to all of that on both ends. Uh, so it was it was fun to watch. And the Sky are definitely going to be a team to reckon with. They're to be reckoned with going forward. And speaking of going forward, what are your thoughts? Time out. Time out. I said a couple more things before we move on. Oh, 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 go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Well, number one, I just want to say the WNBA playoffs was like a 10 out of 10 experience as a whole, like, I know people be hating, blah, 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 but like the, the playoff games were actually very, very entertaining from start to finish. So I do want to say that. Mm-hmm. And number two, they shut Diana Taurasi down, which was a huge, like, and it's hard, it's hard to believe, but they did, you know, she was not playing up to par throughout the series. The sky, the, throughout the playoffs, most teams were double teaming Brittany Griner and getting her, you know, trying to force Brittany, the ball out of Brittany Griner's hands. But teams were double teaming Diana Taurasi. You know, they're double teaming at the point of attack 
instead of letting the play develop to the point where they need to double team Briner, who let's be honest here, double teaming her doesn't matter when no one else is as tall as her in the league. So except for Liz Cambage, of course. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that was I think that was one of the key things that won them in the series. They were doubling Diana Rossi um early, like the second she crossed half court, they're doubling her, which was forcing her to turn the ball over way too much. And it was just it was keeping the mercury out of the rhythm. And yes, they were missing Kia Nurse. And Sophie Cunningham was also hurt. And she did play, but she was still, you know, I'm pretty sure she came back earlier than, than she was probably ready, ready to come back for. So that did affect them. But nonetheless, I think the Sky did handily beat them. Just the Sky's, like, just their whole season was, like, just storybook, storybook to be honest. Like, you know, they come together. They're, everyone thinks they're going to be this tough team, and they're not because of injuries. And then they come to, you know, the playoffs roll around. They're literally 500 complete underdogs come together, win a championship. Kansas Parker's first season, you know, back home in Chicago. The, the Sky team has been fighting, 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 but they can't actually get to where they want to until the hometown hero, hometown hero returns. Like, I got chills when they won the championship. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely was like, I got, I got, it was just like, you knew you were witnessing a moment. It's like, wow, this is crazy. Oh, yeah. When I saw Candace Parker start to break out in tears, I knew I knew that it was a moment. And yeah, it was it was special. It yes. was special to watch. The celebration was was beautiful. And I was very happy to see that. Real quick, who do you who is your finals MVP? I know Clea Copper got it, but uh, I wanted to mention that too. Ooh. Oh, your pick. It could be Clea Copper too. That's fine. I don't. To be honest with you, I I I, I tweeted right after, like the only question mark was was either Vandersloot or Candace Parker. Uh, so my thing is, I, I would probably have to roll with, and it's hard. I'll have to roll with Candace Parker only because a Brianna Turner was great throughout the playoffs. And she was one of the key components to their success in other games and in other series. Um, But she wasn't really that effective in this series a and B Candace Parker made timely play after timely play and, she was the main component on the defensive end. And she was like the key, you know, factor on the defensive end, just calling out things and coaching play, coaching players up and just holding everything together. And then, like, <clears throat> in game four, she was huge in sealing the deal, hitting a big shot, getting another big layup, making key defensive plays and so on. So – Numbers wise, I mean, I guess Kalia Copper had a had yeah, Kalia Copper was deserving, but I I would say Candace Parker was my MVP of the the uh, WNBA finals. And who who in your eyes was the MVP? For me, it was uh Courtney Vandersloot. She was I think Brittany Griner was like the MVP of the playoffs. I think Courtney Vandersloot was the second best player in the playoffs overall. And then you count for the fact that her team won. I think, you know, she actually deserved it. Like she had an amazing postseason run, and she was she showed up every game of every series. And I think um, other players on the team can't say the same thing. 
Like, uh, you know, Candace Parker had her a couple of her, her shitters. Cleo Copper, she was consistent throughout. She was a leading scorer. But nonetheless, I don't think she was bringing as much to the table over in terms of overall impact as Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot. I think Courtney Vandersloot just had an absolutely amazing postseason run and an absolutely amazing finals run. I think she deserved it. But again, like you're saying, I'm not mad. Cleo Copper got it. I just feel like of those three options, she was the least deserving. No, she's the last, not the least deserving, but she's the, she isn't, she's the third one I would have picked between those three. Me personally, but again, you know, I, I guess I just don't know hoops. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's what I would have had. But I don't know, that's all I had had for the uh, the finals and the series and all that. So yeah. I didn't interrupt you earlier, but you can please, please continue the hosting thing. Oh, of course. Uh, and, and, and actually, I was going to go in one direction, but now you've kind of like sent me into a different kind of direction. So let's talk about the what, what are we looking for going into the following season and what, where is your head at about like and it's early. They, you know, the, the, the playoffs just wrapped up things of that nature, but mm-hmm. right away, I guess, what are some some things that you would look at going forward in terms of teams and players and question marks and things you would look out for? In terms of teams, I will say I'm looking forward to more teams because, you know, as we, as we all know, or as you and I know, and people who listen to this who might actually watch the NBA games, all 12 of our, all 12 of our listeners, Kathy Engelberg, the, the um, general manager, not general manager, the commissioner, of the WNBA was saying if the numbers look good, expansion is a possibility and the numbers look good, the games are good. And one thing that I, that, I mean, it's been obvious for a few years now, but one thing that's definitely became prevalent after this season is there's too many, there's not enough teams for the, the number of talented players in that league. Like it's, it honestly, it makes no sense why uh, like top five picks aren't getting burned, not because uh, they're not good enough in some situations, although this year's rookie class is a bit disappointing, but there's also a lot of cases where like they're just simply just uh, they're just stuck behind other players who have picked first, second, third, two years, three years, four years before them, and it's like they just simply there's simply is not enough room, not enough roster spots for the level of talent in the league. So I think when you talk about teams, I'm looking forward to more teams. They need to get a team in Philly, like you were saying, that'd be dope. I don't know about any other markets that would be interesting. I'm just thinking, like, just real quick on the top of my head, Philly's one I can, I can think of. Maybe get some teams back in some old places, like Sacramento had a team and uh, the Houston Comets had a team. So just, you know, just maybe looking at those markets, seeing if they're interested again. But that's what I'm looking forward to. But I guess real quick, we're talking about current teams. I would really like to see – I'd like to see, uh, like, Seattle's interesting just because – I think if Brianna, based on the way things played out, Brianna Stewart was healthy. They could have had a real shot of winning the championship. So that's something to think about. And then Sue Bird may or may not return. So that changes things a lot too. Like that's, that's the, that is the official end of an era. And they'll be transitioning into the, you know, I mean, they, they are the Brianna Stewart era, but they'll be transitioning to where like she is now like Brittany, or not Brittany, excuse me, Sue Bird is still the face of the storm. Like, you know, when people think about the storm, they think about Sue Bird. So it'd be interesting to see how just that change because they'll be have to change, they'll change stylistically and all that. It'll just be a new team 
you know, the rebranded team. So I'm looking, I'm interested in seeing how things play out for them. Um, yeah, Seattle is going to continue to dominate, but it'll be interesting to see in what ways they retool. Especially, you know, we'll see what happens if free agency and stuff. Their team could look a lot different. And how about you? What are some things you're looking forward to? Well, first, uh, just kind of piggybacking off of your point in terms of expansion. I think Philly is a good market, obviously. And we talked a little bit about this a while ago, like episodes ago, but Philly is a good place. Houston, as you said, I think you can definitely get another team, maybe even two out in the California area. Uh, you can also – they don't have a Florida team. You're right. There we go. So Cal- a Cal- yeah. team, a Houston team, Philly and Florida, because, you know, just think about the conferences. They're going to try to keep it equal. Right. So there you go. Four four teams, two east, two west. Right. You, you can make 16. That's that's cool. That's a that's a nice calm expansion. And it, and, and yeah, it's so much talent. So much talent. And you, you can space out that talent a little bit. Uh adding more teams, more players, uh more 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 women out there getting an opportunity to play ball professionally. Uh, I think it would. I think it would be a great thing all the way around, all the way around. Yeah, there's really not. There's not much. There isn't much negative to that. I can see. Not at all. I, I think there's there's so much. There's there's more of a market for it now, especially with social changes that have taken place. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that I noticed too about the WNBA is the support from the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, there would be a lot of people who would come out just from that community alone. Uh, and then talk about, you know, players who have come out and supported. Like I love seeing uh, Chris Paul, CJ McCollum, uh, Yusef Nurkic, Jay Crowder, Devin Booker with the iconic, you know, <laughs> photo, <laughs> the camera, like, yeah, seeing celebrities like Chance the Rapper and so on, just just come out and support. And I think that there's more room for that. And I think that if you expand the market, if you give like Philly a WNBA team, I could see I could see a Kevin Hart coming out, maybe a Meek coming out uh, in Houston. I could definitely see Megan Thee Stallion collabing with the team. Oh, that makes sense. That, that sounds like a move. Like. I could definitely see a lot happen with that expansion. And so it's definitely valid. And and the thing is you can add another New York team and all that. So it's like, it's so much room for growth. And we just talking about four places. Like you could do eight places to be honest with you. There's so much room for expansion because you could do multiple teams in multiple places. Yeah. Just a matter of like, expanding too much in one year would be like, you know, it could, it could end up being, a it could dilute the talent in a sense. Yeah. You do it too much teams in one year, but I think for, for considering the league is only 12 teams, I think four extra teams in one year is not asking for too much. Right. You get, you, you put four teams and then maybe say in, uh, in what, 10 years, maybe 15 years, we could look at another expansion. Yeah, and then we can actually have an actual 
get like 20 teams. <laughs> right. Like a real playoff bracket. And you're like, then you'd be up to 20 teams. Yeah. Uh, so this current playoff system, even the players don't like it. So right. that's all you need to know. Right. So it's 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 odd. It's very odd. Like as good as it was, and, and I agree with you that it was 10 out of 10. It was very competitive, very compelling. The stories were interesting. The the players made big plays, timely plays, uh, and, and we we got to see really good matchups throughout the playoffs. So you know, I commend the league one hundred percent. But at the same time, the format is is so odd, and it's, it's it can be a little confusing and things of that nature, and it's it's just weird. So. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that <clears throat> expansion would be nice all the way around. And I don't, I don't see any negatives whatsoever to expansion at this point. So uh, just off that point, I, I love that. Uh, and then just t- just getting back on the point of what I'll be looking out for next season. I want to see the young guns continue to grow. The Liberty and the Wings, they got to the playoffs. Now the next the next step would be getting further up in the playoffs, not just being, you know, a six, seven, and eight, that kind of that kind of bracket. See if you can work your way up more to the middle and maybe host host a game in the first round at least, or maybe host a game in the second round, that kind of deal, just growing. Uh, seeing what they do in the off season to develop, seeing if uh, a the Liberty can stay healthy, and also if they can make some more moves to help out Sabrina Unescu and to help out Natasha Howard and to help out Benajelani. And then with the with the uh, Wings, they just need to they need to help out Enrique Marina Mo, uh, Mobley. I think that's her last name. Yes. Yeah. She she balled out. Uh, she just you know just continue to expand on her game. Uh, Satu Sabali, she played well and just just expand. I guess expounding upon that front court. I think they if they work on their front court, maybe you know Charlie Collier finally figures it out. Well, we'll see. We'll see there. Yeah, they have the they had two. They're the first and second pick. I think they're both bigs. I believe the second pick. The second pick. I think her name is Awak. Mm-hmm. Weir. She did not play much, and Charlie Collier was shit in the bed all season. A rough time. That would definitely help if those players can actually live up to the draft stock. 100%. And then I uh, just feel like a player I'm watching, I would just want to continue to see the growth of not just those teams, but their stars. Like Sabrina Unesco, where do you go from here? Can you stay healthy? Or will you – continue to be labeled with the injury bug or being injury prone. And then with Enrique, can you expand your game to becoming more of a playmaker? Because I think Enrique, honestly, if she continues to work on her scoring and continues to get better, like I feel like she could be another, like she could be as good as being another DT one day. And I don't, I don't think I'm being like I don't think I'm like overshooting when I say that because I think that she's really explosive 
and can get and can score with the best of them. Yeah, she's probably the best scoring guard right now. I think that's I think that's a clear statement. To say she's the best scoring guard right now. And by the way, Marina's last name is Marina Mabry. Mabry, I was close. But yeah, so I, I I could see that. I respect it. Now, I know you're you're big on Arika. <laughs> you see big things in her future. No, the wings are gonna be interesting. And the Liberty are probably they're probably my favorite team to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know next season when they play the Mystics, I'm definitely going to that game. I have to. I gotta check that out. As long as I'm not in class or something, I'm checking that game out because they're they are mad fun to watch. They are. And speaking of fun to watch, and kind of just expanding on the conversation that we were kind of having. Where, like, other than other than our, our our thoughts of expansion, like, just I guess just reflecting on the success of the season, like, what are some things? What are some positive takeaways that you took from the WNBA season in general? And and like, if you were pitching to if you were pitching to the league about expansion and you know really trying to build up the WNBA brand. What are some things that you're pointing to as major successes? Major successes? I would say their marketing definitely got better. Like just like from their end, I know, you know, you can't, they can't really control like ESPN was only playing certain ads during their games, which I found interesting. Certain ads that you wouldn't see played during an NBA game, like particularly ads featuring like, you know, women or <laughs> not. I mean, those are the, that's the only time. That's the first time I've ever seen those ads. And since the season ended, that's the last time I've seen those ads. So I think that was interesting. But the ad quality and content from them was good. Um, positives, other positives, I would say just the, just the state of the league talent-wise. Like, I know we mentioned earlier, but, like, just the amount of skilled players – that are present in the league. There's a lot of first time all-stars, for example, this year, like, you know, you're just seeing, look at the future. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of players you're going to, once they take up the mantles, the league will be in good hands in the hands of skilled players. Yeah. Just this, this is a level of talent. It's just very clear and abundant. And it's just going to be fun to watch some of these players grow and expand their games and things of that nature. And also just, you know, of course the WNBA is always up there with the social movement stuff, always making, you know, paving the way with those kinds of things despite not getting that credit for being the first to do these things amongst the professional American leagues, you know, they're always there and, you know, they'll con- hopefully they continue to do those things. I can't imagine they, I don't imagine they won't do those things more but, or continue to do those things, but yeah, just their presence and social and social uh, issues is always appreciated. And, uh, you know, it's noticed. So then, you know, just keep doing that. And yeah, those, those are kind of the main things I can think of, really. How about you? Yeah, I would say definitely. I would just just touching on the 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 point of marketing. I think that other people are doing a better job of helping the WNBA in marketing. Uh, just like other people wearing their jerseys, other people wearing their merch. Their merch is fire. I love the 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 jerseys that they had this year. I think they need to expand on that. Like the Rebel edition that they had, I think they need to continue those jerseys because those are fire. The quality of play, as you said, like there's so many stars that are going to be coming up in the next few years. 
the quality of WNBA player is growing and it is getting better. So ultimately, I think that you need to monetize and absolutely work on that and work with that to make the game better. Because as, as players come, the league grows. You, you see it. And, uh, and, you know, I, I don't always like to compare the NBA and WNBA, but, you know, when the, the NBA started, you had guys like a Wilt and a Bill Russell, and then it expanded to a Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Then you got to the 90s and you had all these these characters and faces and names who really started to push the game forward, like a Michael Jordan and you know, Dennis Rodman's and the bad boys and all those kind of entities and and, and people who push the game forward. And you're starting to see it more and more now. Like next year is going to be loaded. The storm are going to be solid. I think, and I mean, Sue Bird is a huge question mark. She's a, she's a, a tremendous player and her presence on the court would be, would be felt. If she isn't or is on the court, the Mercury are good. The Sky obviously just won a championship. The Aces are going to come back. The young teams that we mentioned, most of the teams in the WNBA have star-level talent Mm -hmm. in some shape or form and are really good. You mentioned the Sun. Right. Yep. Mystics, like, they were mediocre this year because they were missing – four starters most of the year. Like mm-hmm. Della Don didn't if the Tina Charles and, and Elena Della Don this year and everyone else, every all the other stars were hurt. But just imagine them too. That's that's a tough team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just a lot of different there's a lot. It could be really crazy next year. I think the only t- I would say there's like three teams in the WNBA who are legitimately who like legitimately need to like start over. Otherwise, I think it's up for grabs next year. Like, <clears throat> I think hmm? that's how I feel. You like, I like the the dream are a hot mess right now, and mm-hmm. they're they're trying to rebuild their whole situation. The Sparks, they just I don't I don't know what's up with them. They just they're just wonky. Yeah, the roster not fit at all. They're not, it's, not that, it's not that they don't have talented players. Their roster just makes no sense. Right, it's just it's just a just a a mishmash a mishmash of teams, mm-hmm. oh players, and and then the fever are just absolute, <laughs> just a a, a, a process. So, yes, like I feel like in this twelve team league, obviously there's there's really good teams and there's all right teams, but I feel like there's only one team that's like actually the Atlanta's problem is that they're just like a a mess in terms of like chemistry relationships and all the things going on there. Like the players is like certain the players were culture. getting for, for, yeah, the culture. Culture is, the culture is shot. They're having conduct issues more than like talent issues, mm-hmm. which kind of obviously reflected, which in since due to the conduct, conduct things being a big thing reflected poorly on their record. But the fever are actually like that. Yeah. Like they don't have anyone who's like tough at all so like Atlanta they got Courtney Williams and Kennedy Carter whatever she I think did. Courtney Williams is gone now yeah because of the, the the conduct shit the right. and stuff but they had you know they had her 
She was tough. She got her first All Star game. Tough. No, when I seen her in, pre- in person, bro, she was mad fun to watch. Definitely one of the more exciting players I've seen in my, my own two eyes. You know, like men, men or women or professional league or you know, in the Power. park. Otherwise. Like mm-hmm. she's one of the most exciting players I've ever seen. So she low key, she's lit because now she's probably going to a good team and like cook up on a good team. Yeah. But like I was saying, the Fever are just the only team that's actually dog shit. <laughs> yeah, her her um Courtney Williams in um in New York would be nice. Oh yeah, that would be fire. There we go. <laughs> Let's make it happen. For real. That would be fun. That would be fun as hell to watch. Mm-hmm. They would actually be really good. That would be really good. And she she brings she bring a lot of defensive intensity as well. Like she, you know, she has a she has a certain like energy that is very infectious. So I think that would help that team a lot. And they, they have Natasha Howard, but I think that they could use yeah, he's some some so they use a dog on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't got they don't got a, a dog on the defensive end. And the, you know, Vanessa Laney, she don't, she's not sweet on the defensive end. She she definitely knows what she's doing out there and she had to work her way, she had to work her way uh, you know up to get to where she's at. But mm-hmm. she, they need someone else because she's kind of kind of alone out there on the perimeter. I don't know. Got anything else? Got anything else on your mind? You're trying to wrap it up. I think we're good to go. I think I think that again, obviously, big ups to the WNBA season. It was fantastic. It was a great run. It's the special 25th year, and I just look forward to seeing more. We're gonna be talking more WNBA, but well, more NBA now. But we'll be we'll be on the wait for the WNBA season. Word. Wrap it up then. Well, um, all right. Thanks for tuning to Game Time. This is Game Time. Zach and John Muir. Host, I'm Zach, hosted by John Muir Wilson. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ, on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcast, and on Facebook at Game Time with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. Listen to future episodes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Raker, Google Podcasts. Uh, whatever the other podcast stuff is at, we're there. So, yeah, you know, tune in. Uh, don't forget to interact with us on the socials. It'd be, it's fun talking to y'all when y'all do interact, so keep that up. But, yeah, can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.